0: I guess I'll, I'll I'll take the preceding 5 8 whatever minutes it is, put it in the B-roll. Sure, um, just
1: in case you need a little banter. Yeah. You need to you need to you need to, <laughs> you need to pad it out with some banter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, people will be like what the hell is this? So we're going we're gonna to start here in a second. Uh, scene. scene. All right. <laughs> I'm a person who has serious questions. And go. So uh, here we are, another episode of Perimeter Fires with, um, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Scott Eden uh, from, at the time, uh, 2014, ESPN mm-hmm. uh, wrote a book uh, game-changing article uh in espn Mm. and before we get started just a sort of uh uh, context to uh to scott scott came in and and we'll we'll get into it i think but you know bonfire is an insular culture um it 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 has always been that way and especially after 99 Mm -hmm. and and when scott reached out uh uh, to talk about bonfire and write his story. Uh, I, I think we'll cover, we kind of put you through the gauntlet a little bit. It's true. Uh, Yeah. Tested you out mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. where your heart and motivation was. True. And uh, you were motivated and, and you came out and you got into it and, um, uh, wrote what I have heard described, uh, from many people as one of if not the best thing of its kind ever written about Texas A&M.
1: Oh, come on.
0: Not even just bonfire. Texas A&M.
1: That is the um, high praise.
0: I I have had
1: Blattered. uh
0: I've had people cry um when they start talking about that piece. Um Wow. Uh, somebody introduced me one time to, to somebody and, and they're like, this is Dion. And they're like, uh who? And then, uh, <laughs> uh, they said, you know, he was, he was sort of in, in that article about bonfire and this person started weeping and like gave me a big hug. Not like, Oh, you're from the article, but like, Oh my gosh. They, they were hugging the article. <laughs>
1: um, but yes. Personification of the article in some ways you are since you were my guide into the world of bonfire
0: yeah i I gotta be honest with you i don't know if if i told you at the time but uh when they called one of the nice editor ladies called and fact
1: checking uh, process is that what you're referring yeah 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 Yeah.
0: she called me at the office back when i was uh where i was then and um she's like just calling to check some facts and, and she was fact checking and then she said, I want to, did you say this? And like a quote check. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. But I was confused. So I called you afterwards. I was like, why was this lady asking me what I said? Like a quote check. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, you're quoted. I was like, what? Why am I quoted? (laughs) I, I, was legitimately surprised.
1: You were under the that, that you would not appear in the article.
0: Yeah. Yeah, up until the quote check.
1: <laughs> wow. And actually the, the fact checker should not read verbatim the quote back to you. The way to do it is to kind of paraphrase it to get to make sure that it's factually accurate. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's probably
0: what she did. Okay. Uh you know she Confirmed some quotes, or not yeah. some quotes. She confirmed some facts that this, that, the other, and then there was like this. Did you say something like this? Yeah. yeah. And that was just my first like. Wait, what?
1: And that's hilarious that you you became like the one of the central figures. In fact, you have the last quote in the article, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah you uh, you, <laughs> you did call you did call to tell me that you're like hey I can't tell you what it's going to be like but you get the last word.
1: I'm like, oh no, yeah. You'd actually better be good. You didn't. You we're a little uncomfortable with that too. I think now that I'm now that I'm yeah. following the process, because you know, I,
0: I felt like what I was doing there was just connecting you with very interesting people with perspectives,
1: and you did. Do- uh,
0: yeah, I felt like they were, you know, but I felt like they told a story that was, you know, didn't require me, but I even introduced you some people that uh, disagreed with me emphatically.
1: Sure. Which I would have found anyway, but yeah. Yeah. Part of the point of the piece was about, is about the controversy of restarting bonfire. Yeah. Obviously.
0: I remember you asking me, you're like, why are, why are you introducing me to this person?
1: You mean because they would be on the other side, like someone who was critical? Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: I mean, you know, that's the bonfire story It's personal and it's important. And if mm. it matters enough to you to disagree about, well then your opinion matters. Yes. So what, what was the genesis of, of this story? Did, did you find it? Did ESPN find it and then find you?
1: What happened? Let, let me think about that. I got to try to remember. Sometimes after a story you, you get done researching and spend, you know, all these weeks, sometimes months, sometimes more than a year or more working on something You've then it gets published and you forget like the origin story. But I think it is that uh my, one of one of my closest editors at ESPN at the time, his mm. father was a professor at A the you know, for many years, including in 1999. And so my editor had a, had a connection to A and M, and then had somehow learned that that bonfire had been restarted off campus, you know, in this sort of, you know, unaffiliated with the university way. Mm. And he, the my editor, knew a lot about bonfire and the controversies that came out of it. And and I think even his father was like an engineering. An engineering professor so helped in the you know the investigations afterward to see what went wrong and you know design wise with the old stack and Mm -hmm. so i believe my editor was the way in yeah so he, he you know kind of said hey do you want to look into this and then i somehow somehow i found you after that yeah you um
0: uh If I remember correctly, I got a call from, it would have been Pat, Patrick Bailey. Okay. And he said, hey, I just got off the phone with uh, this guy named Scott from ESPN, and he wants to write an article. And Pat was on the website still as a, a former Red Pot. I think contact information and stuff. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. And you called him and and he passed you on to
1: me. That's it. I remember that. Sure. Yeah. I just found, found the organization on the web web and just called up the number that was on there. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now I want to know if you noticed this, I don't know if I ever disclosed this to you. Mm. Uh. First of all, I'll edit this piece out. My audio's okay? I forgot to ask earlier. Yeah,
1: perfectly clear. S- I'm good. Okay good. Also?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, what face was I making? Like this. There you go. Hmm. That way I can seam it together just right in editing.
1: Okay.
0: Something. I don't know.
1: So You tell me.
0: Yeah. Um I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna confess this. Uh-oh. Uh oh When Patrick called to tell me this. Um, you know the Reds are very, uh, very busy. Part of their role is representing Bonfire. Mm-hmm. Um, but a story of the magnitude that you were describing already, there was this question of, uh, are they going to be able to have the time to give the attention that the story needs? and this being the biggest platform that it had ever been spoken of and uh before talking to you i you know i did my research and i looked you up and looked at what you wrote and uh i was like holy moly this guy gets into it so <laughs> i i kind of used the strategy that oh man i'm gonna put my business on the street and everybody in the media is gonna know what i'm doing next time this happens but What I called you, I was like, listen, if you're going to do this, um, you know, you're going to have to engage with the students from the red pots to the junior red pots, brown pots, Mm. all of them, all the way down crew chief level. You're going to get in there. You're going to have to f the logs. You're going to have to. And and I'm just throwing it at you like, you know, every word I'm
1: saying. Yeah, it was just it was like you're speaking some other language. I, I was I was confused from the get go there, from the get go there. But that was part
0: of the yeah, story. Yeah, that was intentional.
1: That was part of the story, though.
0: You know? It did. It did become part of the story. But it's sort of like a test. Oh, I see. Like, like, if I just throw all this stuff at him, is he gonna go, oh oh man, no, they just wanted me to write another thing. Never mind. This is no, I'm not interested. <laughs> and and you were just more intrigued.
1: No, that had the opposite effect.
0: Yes. Which is you know, that's sorta of, it passes the test. You hmm. you instead of going, Ah, that's a lot. This is technical. You went, Oh, this sounds fascinating. There's a culture at work here, I guess. Is that that is that the thought process?
1: Yeah, and I was I'm on a w I am on i did not realize that was a you were testing me there. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh it was just a it was a filter. It was the the exam I'm normally the the person who does the examining. I was the, but the examiner was being examined by you know, the, the person, the, the examined, you became the examined. Anyway, yeah, the, I, yeah, I, I pretty immediately kind of felt almost like, you know, anthropologist, like an anthropologist sort of, you know, meeting this, this, you know, this community or tribe or subculture, you know, and, and I always am drawn to stories about subcultures that are really structured, you know, and have their own miniature, like worlds that you can kind of dive into. And this, for sure, had all of that, you know, from right down to the, you know, a, la- a different language. Yeah. And stories behind each of the, you know, there's a story behind every little nuance in this subculture, in this world, right? Right. And you can guess. traceable, like the these the, the stories are kind of handed down. This whole This whole idea of it being handed down from generation to generation with a tragedy mm-hmm. that interrupted it became like the kind of focus of the of the reporting and then the right, the written piece itself.
0: Yeah. And, and, and to that with one, one quick contextual digression after you engaged with the language and, and so indicated that I want to get into this, I'm not here to write some surface piece, to the experience of bonfire part of its insularity is so many people just want to show up and burn and go there it is and and especially when it comes to telling the story and, and you engaged with everything behind it so you know I, I talked to the, the boys I said this is going to require your attention and you know this is going to be big and so you know a big commitment and if y'all are up for it then you know We'll go forward and and they said, uh, absolutely, you know we can do it uh, Of course, they were saying this in the summer, right? It was like May or June when you first called
1: was it I thought it was later in the year it, it might have been I think i my my first trip there was you know in early football you know early in the in the semester fall semester,
0: yeah. And, and that was, um, it ended up
1: taking like two or three trips, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think it was at least three, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, in, in either event, they hadn't started work yet. And okay. the thing about
1: that's right, I think
0: when you're a fish, you, you think you know what bonfire is, then you start building it and you go, Oh my gosh, there's so much more, and then if you climb leadership and you get to be a crew chief or something you think okay i know how this works i saw how my crew chiefs did it i got it and then it starts and you go oh my gosh there's so much more all the way up to senior red pot you think yeah i could do this we got the time we can handle it and then the season starts and it's oh my i didn't know and uh so it was just sort of those are you sure are you sure you guys yep they're (laughs) gonna do it and so i told you that they they were you know, down to participate. Yeah. Um, and then I warned you. I said, to your point about stories, we tell a lot of
1: stories. It is true. Especially a certain someone on the other end of this connection right here likes to spin some, some tales.
0: I get it honest. It's the culture. and And I already had in mind some of the people that I knew would provide some good context and information mm. Mm. and, and all of them had in common that they tell stories. Mm-hmm. It's part of, it's part of our identity. I think one of the great unspoken Aggie traditions.
1: And, but that's important. No matter, the no matter the story I'm reporting on, I will always gravitate toward the people and, you know, they will become like the main characters. There are the people who are good at storytelling. It's sort of just a natural thing. So it's, I mean, that's part of what I'm sure made this story good. It's not necessarily me. It's um, finding the people who are good storytellers and then just kind of gathering the material.
0: Well, and I did warn you. Do you remember me warning you? And I learned so much from you. I got, I guess, confidence from you. And uh, I'm fascinated not just by telling stories, but everything that that entails memory, uh, how memory works, uh, mm. the life of a story, you know, not just the snapshot of what happened at, at one point in time, but the story itself and how it, how it goes through and, and what happens and does it change and how does it change and everything. And, and so I think very self-consciously, I told you, there's some people, myself included, I think it was confessional, that we tell stories and we, as Aggies, we try to tell the truth, but at some point we discover that the truth no longer entails all of the facts. You know, like I was very worried that, you know, there's stories that paint a picture of what really happened and the feelings or whatever, but I'm not sure after so many years if they are factually accurate, but they are true. And you said something at the time that was, I was just, okay, I feel comfortable. You said there's, you said something to the effect of, I don't know if you remember, but it was something like, you can't tell the truth with just the facts because there's no such thing as a perfect fact. There's perspective and angles, and nuance involved. That your fact, it's factual, but from another angle, it's not a fact.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say there's there are facts. There are things that have, there are events that did happen, and there, there is a, there is a root truth. But then, when you're a writer or a journalist, you're gathering those facts, but then you're putting them together and interpreting them, um, and that's where. You know, it's something other than just, it's just factual, right? There's a different truth, you know, truth there. And uh, and that's just normal storytelling, like a normal, that's a normal human way to kind of make order out of chaos of being, you know, alive is to, that, that happens. You know, you, you, we, our own lives become narrated, you know, in story fashion and they lose certain facts and gain, gain uh, embellishments over the course, And that's just, it happens, just in normal human interaction. Let alone in a journalist going in and trying to learn the truth and then putting it down on the page. Another act of interpretation. So yeah, it gets you know swept up in these different levels of meaning.
0: Sort of allegory of the cave, sort of thing. Plato is that right?
1: Hey, you'll be right back to that. Yeah, sure. Let's you know maybe why uh, Socrates was against the written language. You know he he was a, he was a proponent of illiteracy maybe maybe for this reason to keep to keep stories kind of contained in our minds and once you put it on the page it sort of take good goes somewhere else i don't know
0: we're going off that's almost that's almost a whole other all right let's i'm going to write that down as a next conversation with scott
1: thing yes we will talk about I'm, ancient thinkers
0: <laughs> I'm I'm totally I'm totally with that. That the story having to be like a real living thing. Like people have said, hey, hey Dion, you should put all these stories together in like a book. I'm like, no. No. That's the worst. Mm, right. Yeah. You should just
1: keep telling them. Yep. Pass them down. There's something about it. They, they lose their power, you know, when they when they get set down in print.
0: Yeah. Um now, so all, all that to to paint the picture that you you were approaching this from clearly intrigued by the stories, but also this understanding that, like I felt better knowing that I can I can tell you the story that I know, and then you can meet other people, and I know that you're not going to go with whatever story sounds the best. You're going to make that order out of the chaos because you understand. It's not to somebody's fault that they forget a detail. It's humanity. And so taking all these disparate wild stories out there and finding that thread, um, that was crystal clear from the very beginning that that was going to be your approach.
1: Well, I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, I like to be clear with everybody. I mean, you you knew from the beginning too that the only other reason I was interested it was there was the anthropological, you know, that's kind of exploring an unknown subculture that intrigued me. But of course, also the the tragedy and the controversy of restarting it. I mean, there would be no story if it weren't also for that, uh, or I, right. th- I, that drew me to the story too. And you know, this the, this kind of central controversy and that came from tragedy. You know. Well, and
0: when. I don't know if you remember this, uh, this sort of phase of the thing, but it's, to me, it was the most illustrative of your approach. Uh, and when I tell people and try to give them some backstory about, you know, the article and how it came together, you were committed. You were going to do it. You were going to come down here and, uh, you had said, absolutely. I want to go into the woods. I want to do all the things. Um, and then it came down to where you were going to stay, and oh, and I'm sure, you know, the motherships got all their things that they can do, but I happen to know the general manager at the La Quinta, which is the closest hotel to the memorial, and you could actually get a room that could see the bonfire memorial, mm. um, uh, and I was able to pretend hard enough with the traditions dormitory yeah. on Northgate. That's right. Yeah. And so before, before I gave you your two choices, I called traditions and I'm like, Hey, this is Dion with Bonfire. It that meant nothing. That meant nothing to her, <laughs> but I just said it with authority. And I was like, uh, there's a writer from ESPN coming down and, uh, they're looking, uh, trying to get a place to stay. And I, I'm thinking it'd be great if they stayed on Northgate close to the chicken. What do you got? and, she's like oh it's a dorm but she's like oh we can make a room available yep. so I gave you those two choices and she was pro- she probably got off the phone and was like who that wh- who is that <laughs> but so I I gave you two choices and and of course you can pick whatever you wanted but I was like if it makes it easier you can stay at the La Quinta close to the memorial or you can stay at the traditions near the Dixie chicken and you said what's the chicken and I said that's the it's the place. That's the bar. Uh-huh. And that's where people who build Bonfire go now. And you said, I want to go where they are now.
1: Definitely. Yes. I'm glad I made that choice. I mean, really, there was no choice. That was the place to be. Whenever you can just surround yourself by the thing you're writing about, that's the way to go. Not not separate yourself off in some mot- bland hotel. If there's an opportunity to be in the student body, you know, that's, that's what I wanted. That was that was the choice to, be, to make you know I want to be surrounded by the thing that I'm going to be writing about
0: well and, really? and I think may, maybe I don't know maybe I was smart enough that this was another test maybe I don't think it was I think I was just offering you two choices but it did teach me what you were writing about did were you wanting to write about then or were you wanting to write about now and when you picked across from the Dixie Chicken it was clear you were writing about
1: now for sure i mean the new bond yeah that was the i mean again that's what drew me to it the controversy the now uh, and also you know i i just reread the story for the first time in a long time and i was struck by it's gonna sound like i'm tooting my own horn but um by how, but how funny it was and how sad the story was yeah and uh there is the bonfire of now is joyous, even though there is this tragedy that haunts everything. Um, there is a joyousness to, to to being young, to being in college, to and to build be building bonfire. There's a there's a humor a, a behind bonfire and all of it, and the, and all of the language of the subculture that needed to be captured in the story, along with the the absolute, you know, red just sadness. You know, and I, I'm glad that the, the you know I'm not sure that the article did it perfectly, or but I'm glad that it, you know those two elements are sort of at least there, present in the article itself. Upon upon rereading, some years later. Yeah, and and
0: you were very good, frustratingly good, about keeping all that close to the vest. That I, I really, I knew that there were people who didn't like having these conversations because they'd had them before and watch them turn into something else mm. uh, because that's what that's what somebody decided they wanted. Mm. Same words. And it, and it became a painful process and I knew that there were people that were, I was telling them, I got a, I got a feeling. Okay. He's going to approach this from a, a perspective of fairness and not with a, an end goal in mind. And so I, but I wanted to know, like, am I going to make some people furious? And you were so good at like, nah, nah I'm not telling
1: you nothing. Well, because how could I know? You know, I mean, all I wanted to do was get as many perspectives as possible. And that meant going down very into very uncomfortable places, you know, con yeah. the uh, the parents, the family of, of the victims, um, it meant contacting, trying to get in touch with the Red Pots of
0: 1999.
1: I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's just what they feel is, uh, I mean. But uh, that was something I had to do, and I didn't know how any of that would turn out, you know. That was just, but those were reporting paths that I kind of had to go down. And so I couldn't tell you how. I didn't know what story I was going to, I had, you know, so there was nothing, there was nothing to tell you.
0: Yeah
1: the best is, I guess that's one way to put it, but there was also like, it's not, it's not something I, when, in when you're in the reporting, it's not something I can, I don't know the way, how it's going to turn out uh, once I'm put the last period on, you know? Uh, writing.
0: Which, which is something I definitely learned when it was over, that your approach was, I'm just taking it in. I, I don't have an opinion yet because I'm taking it in. And yeah. at the time I was thinking, how could he not have an opinion? Cause I knew who you were talking to, you know, Mm. I, I knew who you had to talk to, to do this, that the people that, you know, I, I happened to be able to connect you with. And then other people, I knew you had to talk to the families. There was no way you were going to do it without doing that. I knew you had to talk to administrators. Uh, Mm. were there any current administrators you talked to? I know you talked to one former administrator,
1: right? Uh, what, what, and I'm blanking on his, I apologize. Uh, his name Bo- Bowen, is that right? Uh,
0: the former president, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Talk- Bowen. Bowen. I did talk to other, and, and you know, like all stories that I do, like not um, a fraction of the people I talk to will actually wind up quoted in the story or even referenced, but I'm sure I talked mm-hmm. um current administrators, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there were, there was, there was a fair amount of like, no, I don't want, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to comment. Uh, I think officially from the university. Right. Right.
0: Understandable.
1: And then Uh, there were a lot of, uh, I, I think I didn't certainly did not talk to all of the family members of the victims only most said, you know, politely declined. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, um, completely understandable. And anyone's free to, to or talk to me or not talk to me, of course. Um, and then, yet, not many of the red. Uh, thankfully, I got a couple of red pots um, on the phone from from ninety nine, but m- the majority, you know, no, totally understandable though. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I there was the curly family uh, featured prominently in, in the piece. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, um they were open
0: that yeah, and they've they've always been mm. so open I don't understand it, it, I admire it um mm. there's strength to this day mm-hmm. I, I find in their in their willing to willingness to continue to talk about it
1: and there, there must be a connection with the strength of their son who of course famously you know, was caught in the wreckage, but was directing emergency responders to others caught in the wreckage and may have saved lives, you know, himself while he was dying. Yeah. So, I mean, actually yeah. between, you know, his strength, their son's strength and what, you know, how they've been able to handle life since.
0: Yeah, I, I saw Mr. Curley. I saw Mr. Curley a few months ago. Um, mm. uh, One of the, Tim's old core outfit has a traditions night where they introduce the fish to traditions and they have a a guest or two every year. And this year it was, uh, uh, they asked me to come and Mr. Crowley was there
1: Mm. and
0: uh, I hadn't seen him in person in, in a while, but, um, ah, just such a great, just a great guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm happy, not surprised at all, but happy that they, you know, availed themselves of the story and, and providing some, I think some needed context, um, sort of at a transitionary point in the story, you know, there was sort of this setup and this transition to let's talk about a little bit about this and then let's move, you know.
1: The whole setup was that, you know, the reader will automatically expect that eventually you're going to get to the, the story will unspool and then you'll eventually get to the tragedy. And so, I mean, you know, and I also thought about, but then discarded the idea of like reconstructing the events of the 99 collapse, you know, but it mm. did not do that. Or, you know, the, there's a way to do stories where it's like a, you know, that will include a meticulous description of the main event that it, that happened in the past, but I can't remember exactly why I did not do that, but mainly because I guess, I guess in the end I wanted to focus on the now, right. Um, to a degree. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I remember you were very excited about it was after you were, you weren't coming back again. You were hard at work on it. Mm -hmm. I believe you told me you were writing to Robert O'Keefe.
1: Okay. Remind me who he was. He is
0: that uh, quintessentially Aggie singer uh, songwriter oh. Robert O'Keefe, Lyle Lovett, the Front Porch song? Yes. Or, yeah. Um, some mood music. Yes. I remember you being very excited about the setup. You're like, I can't tell you anything about it, but you're gonna love this setup.
1: I mean, and I did to I, the story. Love the setup. Yeah, do you mean the lead, the kind of intro?
0: Yeah,
1: I remember. I the reason I told you, I, I before publication, I almost never do this. I don't think I've ever done it actually. Um, to Described to a source or a you know someone's in the story what the beginning will be. But I did it to you. because I described it to you because you know I do. I do kind of operate under a no surprises kind of policy. Like I don't want anyone who's in the story to be surprised what's in the story. Yeah. But, but the setup of the story is like these people are insane. Like what? What yeah. is going on down there? This horrible thing happened, and now you're recreating. You're doing it again. You um, you yeah. nutbags. I mean, so I, yeah. I wanted to let you know that that was the set, but, you know, just stay, stay with the story. Don't get so pissed and throw the magazine or shut the screen, you know, shut it down. And what is that mother? Yeah. yeah. I wanted to.
0: That's exactly what you said. You didn't tell me exactly what the setup was going to be.
1: Right, you didn't. bribe me... it. Tell Read it to you. Yeah. And... You were. Right, right, right.
0: Yeah. You're just like, you're going to, it's possible that you are going to want to throw this thing away yeah. before the first paragraph is over. Right but just stick with it. Yeah. It it was it was well done. It's again it's like I you know it's kind of I like the way st- to tell stories where people go I think I understand where this is going. Wait a minute, this went completely in a different direction.
1: Mm-hmm. I like it when stories. It,
0: yeah. It's like a Tarantino thing.
1: Well, m- many master storytellers use that.
0: I'm sure. I'm probably cheapening it tarantino i'll edit later you just send me the name of somebody i'll edit i'll i'll sink it in so uh another confession um yeah so you you choose northgate you choose to live across from the dixie chicken and i'm not sure if it was your first morning
1: what better place to be anyway
0: of course I like the way you described it too. I'm not going to spoiler alert anybody, but I, li- I like the way you described it. It was very accurate.
1: You mean um, the actual physical description of the chicken.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: One of my favorite. It was accurate. Descriptions of a place that I've ever,
0: I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. It was on point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it might not have been your first uh, morning in town. Maybe it was, but um, I went out to have my coffee in my front yard and then there you go hmm. walking to campus uh-huh and i said howdy scott and you went <laughs> and i was like oh yeah i forgot to tell you i live here
1: <laughs> i remember this yes you like i was like I, I think i even jumped uh into the yeah. air yeah
0: you did I happen to be right here, but it was great because.
1: That was an amazing spot you had. Like, it's.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You know, we're up to four offspring now. Uh, I think we were working on the third when. Was, yeah, 2014. There was already a
1: rabble, you know, in your. Yeah.
0: At the- yeah. Such a great spot, but kind of small for. At the time, four, coming up on five.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, it was awesome because, you know, you get to see all these people that migrate to this Mecca, Northgate and Dixie Chicken at the center. But it was nice to, I kind of just liked observing you at the end of the day, you know, if we'd meet up at the chicken or something to just watch kind of all this unspool in your mind, just like I saw this today and this and this and this, um, it was clearly, it was clearly affecting or maybe surprising. Is that the word? Was it surprising you what you were learning?
1: I think so. I mean, I I was initially intrigued, you know, anthropologically by the, uh, but then I became, I, you know, I guess I was, I became, um. Enchanted in a way with the uh, joyousness of the bonfire kind of process from cutting, all, you know, that those first experiences, you know, in the dawn hours, you know, shivering, you know, and then and then people seeing people sleeping in their beds of their pickups, you know, kind of waking up, and that's how the story starts actually. But you know, just the enthusiasm, and then you know, I was also. I came to learn all that stuff about um, the kind of Aggie tradition of learning by doing and by mm-hmm. kind of being a part of that educational that that, that kind of approach to uh, being you know to to, to learning. Uh, and I became enchanted, you know, by by all of that. And yes, so those were the, the kind of the surprise, some of the surprising things that I that I began to learn. And then I tell you, it was... in our interview sessions, which all, all of them took place. I believe at the Dixie chicken um, during the reporting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Every last one of them. Mm-hmm. And oh, Candace, God bless Candace. Cause it's already a thing, right? Just uh, you're going out again. And, and every year it's like, you know, I think this year, I think this year I'll be able to, won't be much going on. Mm. And, Fourteen was sort of the same thing. Like, I think, yeah, this'll be fine. Hmm. It'll be an easy year. Then we had our conversation and then pretty much every night, well, almost every night you were in town, you know, these decompression sessions or whatever, it'd be bedtime for the kids, and I'm like, Ah, honey, Scott.
1: Gotta go meet eating over there, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, oh my it's walking distance. That was a that was a blessing.
0: Walking, stumbling, whatever distance.
1: I don't think we ever got quite that level.
0: No, no, you didn't while you were here, no, but I did. Oh, okay. I did. I mean I remember there's a thing called carpool at AM where you uh, I think I don't know, maybe AM started its version of it, whatever. But it was this idea before Uber, you call if you're intoxicated. Oh uh, yeah. Sure. And then these students pick you up, yeah. right? And they take you home. And when I was in college living on Northgate, i called uber or not uber carpool and they came and picked me up and i gave them my address and they're like we're not taking you to the bars <laughs> I was like that's my house
1: right now come on
0: i had to, i had to give them i was like all right fine you got me and i gave them my old dorm address and then they dropped me off at the dorm and i walked back to the house
1: <laughs> defeating the purpose slightly
0: yeah completely so uh but but we digress again so um
1: what else yeah
0: oh so much scott this is gonna be like four or five episodes because there's so many things right i you you talked about you talked to dr uh bowen well you, i know you talked to dr sutherland too mm. um if i'm remembering correctly is that right doctor the vice president of student affairs at the time
1: Yes. Did he? I don't know. I don't know if he made it into the actual article.
0: He did not. Yeah, he did not. Um, I talked to. I talked to Griff Lasley Mm. uh, Mm -hmm. yesterday in preparation for this. Um, Different people who were in the article over time have told me their opinions, but I wanted to make sure I had it. Okay, let me make sure I have this right. Mm -hmm. And, And so I called Griff and I was like, what did you think? of your experience talking to Scott. He said, uh, you know, that he was nervous, hmm. uh, as anybody who represents bonfire is, hmm. uh, you know, Griff, Griff is an absolute sage on bonfire. I, I talked to him all the time because every word out of his mouth is enlightening and he's probably going to laugh. I can hear him laughing right now, listening to this, but, uh he said that you approached it with like an honesty and an integrity that, um, uh, he, he felt like you were getting it. Um, hmm. uh, which, which is a big deal. When Griff Leslie, a seminal figure in Bonfire's history says he's getting it, then, I mean, that's a big deal. Um, and, uh, do you remember, do you remember your conversation with Griff?
1: I think it was maybe even several conversations, but yeah, he was just another, like you said, a, someone who could help me understand, you know, and could explain and give good quote. I think he's, he's in article in multiple spots because he could, he could sort of, you know, efficiently get to the heart of certain things, you know, and I could, you know, I just use those words that he just said, drop it right into the story.
0: That's what he's got that I don't got. Efficiency. So, he was, he was in the sidebar. I remember he was in the sidebar with a particular quote. And this is what he was laughing about yesterday. Mm. He said, yeah, they used a lot of my words. I did not expect that they would use some of the words that I used. (laughs) His, his, his boys were like, I can't believe that dad said the thing that they printed, but it was, it was good. It was honest. It was the elephant in the room. He dealt with it. Uh Um, so, uh, uh, As this is unfolding, you know, we talk about this going and then you getting into everything. I don't know. Can you hear that in the background?
1: Do you hear that? I heard some jangling, jingling. I can't tell if it's my house or yours.
0: Come here. See if you remember this guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's still alive.
1: What's his name again? Forgive. Ace. Ace. Of course go with us
0: he's still breathing great you can't hear um mm. so as this is unfolding and you're talking to these personalities or, or what have you was was there a conversation back to espn because it, it feels like it grew beyond what was expected
1: they usually give me pretty a lot of leeway, so I, often in these mm-hmm. stories, I'll I'll just go. They'll give me the assignment, I go out, and then hear not They'll hear nothing, no editor hear yeah. anything until there's a draft, like a, a draft submitted. And I believe that was the same way here. I don't think I was. I don't think I t- spoke much to uh, you know to my editors about the devel- you know how things were mo- developing. I think maybe I had to like the third trip down there, like justify another, another trip. Like, why are you going to A&M again, man? Get yeah, yeah. a fun another trip here, you know, like, uh, but, you know, I, I think maybe I had to like sort of say, nah, I'm, and, and then sort of describe this kind of, this kind of, Oh, this is the subculture that I'm going to, I'm going to, that I'm kind of deeply into now. And let me, you know, let me go down one more time so I can, you know, see the final, uh, when raising the center pole, you know, it's like kind of a ceremonial thing. And, I I want to be able to capture, you know, just let me get down there to do that. So maybe then I kind of divulged to the editors like this kind of other, it's not just about the tragedy and these crazy people rebuilding bonfire. It's also about, you know, exploring this world and, and from almost from this anthropological kind of angle, which kind of, you know, also gave it some of its humor, right? Right. Well,
0: and I wonder... I, I was always, I've always tried to piece together the, the evolution because originally the way it was explained or the way I understood it was that it would be in the magazine. And then at a certain point it was like, it's not going to be in the magazine anymore. It's going to have to be on the web.
1: Well, I told And then you, all that. Yeah. But I mean, even then, even in 2014, like most people were reading the stories online, even then, even yeah. eight years ago. So,
0: well I got the impression that they were like this is not going to fit in the magazine. We thought it was going to fit in the magazine. It's not going to fit in the magazine.
1: And that that often like you I'm also long-winded, so I turn I tend to turn in things that are far longer than they can that they than they bargained for. Um yeah. Maybe that was part of the calculus of doing online only. And then I think you know the photographer was Frederick? Frederick was uh, is awesome. He I mean, Oh he, he's super good so like i think they also it's not just me they saw these great images that would live better um like in this beautifully designed online thing yeah and they're just and from that room in the pages for all of his great pictures
0: oh yeah there was uh, just the few that were in the magazine i've you know still got a copy they were great um and then the slideshow on the web uh but a video sprung out of it Mm. two videos in fact um one that deconstructed the night as a single thread of narrative but from like three different people so as people spoke they just oh yeah used these narratives and spun this incredible i mean i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it just this incredible video production that wasn't even nobody even said anything about it i think the introduction to the video thing was hey so somebody's doing an article um can we come down and do a video it's not related but it's related so it was like things were popping out of it that weren't planned at
1: the beginning you're refreshing my memory i think it at some point yeah it became like it was pretty late though the video stuff and then frederick was there just for that one or, or couple days at the end or when the center pool went up, right? And then maybe he went back. Fred, he was there for cut too. He, um, he was, okay. He, yeah.
0: Um, and at the beginning, the editor of the magazine, uh, he was like, hey, I hear you take photos. Do you think we could use yours for the article? And I was like, you could, but I'm pretty sure I'm not uh, good enough. <laughs> And, and he's like, he's like, oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll look at him in closer detail. I think, you know, I think it could work. Mm-hmm. And then just like a little while later, he's like, yeah, so Frederick Broden's going to come down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. What happened is he looked at your photos like, we need to yeah. No. credit. got the call. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He was right. The kid was right. But Frederick did great. And he had his his uh, he had a Max, his assistant running around. with. Oh, him. That's right. Yeah, flash, yeah, and and the whole time, Max, Max over here, Max there, Max go, and he was just all these, you know, it's clearly like this internship apprenticeship kind of relationship. Definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. It was
0: fascinating, and I loved watching him work, uh, and so efficient and German. Towards the very end,
1: what's that? Frederick is German, isn't he? Or Swiss or something, but yeah, yeah, Germanic. Can we say yeah? That? Possible Germanic,
0: okay. Yeah, and and just very. It was just so efficient and brilliant. And then I was just kind of like, "Hey, you know, how did it go?" And he pulls stuff onto his camera, and they're just instantly. I got to take like a hundred shots to get the one that he just went, got it. And I finally asked him, "I'm like, so what's Max' story? Is he like an intern or whatever?" He goes, "No, it's my son." (laughs) Oh, oh, dang! (laughs) So
1: kind of the ultimate apprentice one's son. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, and up. so a couple of years ago I finally got like a a flash of like detachable wireless whatever flash with some power that I could, you know, bring some light into some things. And uh I needed some help making that flash mobile. And so we established that anybody who helps me carry around my flash is max. <laughs> so like when they're carrying my flash, I yell at him, "Max, Max over here, Max over there."
1: Yeah. So, so. Oh. That's, that's, what's that? That was me used, saying, using German words: "Mach schnell," "Max." There it is,
0: Scott. Nailed it.
1: I'm a little bilingual. But
0: to let me see if I can do this. Let me see if I can. Which the whole Max thing, right, brings up. I think an important, an important thing. I've never done this before. Mm. Do you see it?
1: Oh dear God! Yeah, my lord. Yeah, that's not good form.
0: It improved actually. It improved very quickly. God, uh, look
1: at that beer guy. Go- I was impressed. I guess the the facial expression is you know it's it's try a little try hard, a little. On the try hard side of things.
0: Yeah, you know, but you got there, Scott. I appreciate the reference. Again, no spoiler alert. Try hard.
1: Um, Looms large in the piece.
0: So this is you investing, right? And in actually getting into it the way uh, the way that you said you would. Uh-huh and uh cutting with it this is you with lechner with the nerds
1: okay right yeah like nerds
0: uh I, exact again fitting uh, prominently in the story that was an amazing uh,
1: deal actually the lechnerds you know i saw that. oh you have a shirt that has like a the kind of engineering design plan for the stack and then learning mm-hmm. that pre-1999 um The Lechner's also had a shirt showing the design, and then in the aftermath, when the investigations were ongoing, like the only plan they that the investigators could find of Bonfire was like the old Lechner T-shirt. So, like that, you know, these little amazing details um, that I was that you know came out of the reporting.
0: And I never knew that. That's where I learned that. That was fascinating to me.
1: Yeah.
0: That, that little tidbit. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, more than, more than just participating, it was like, there were all these bars that were, you know, everybody's just kind of measuring. How is this story going to be approached? You get through the, the, the thesaurus or whatever, of, of our language and you recognize that there's a culture behind it
1: right glossary is the probably appropriate
0: there it is glossary um you get through uh, you choose to stay where it is you come out you actually do what you said which was you swung an axe and you you did the work um but what i was struck by is you know this is you and uh in walton uh, talking with one of the walton chiefs um you engaged in in a in this very intentional just a sponge kind of way to, to watch the way that you looked the students in the eyes and respected them and took their input and there there was no they never felt afterwards I, I tried to like not just you know I wanted to get this, uh, this, this young man, but I wasn't there for all of your conversations, but afterwards I would say, Hey, how do you feel? And they're just like, he treated me with respect. And, and that's why I I enjoyed and was glad I got this photo was, this was, this was a respectful conversation. Um, that I don't know if you remember how this one ended. He was in the middle of a sentence and then a truck showed up Hmm. And Walton loads. He had to go load the truck. So he's just like, sorry, I have to leave. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do remember this. That was at the burn site, though, right? Yeah. Or was that? This was
0: a this was at the cut site. Huh. Okay. So this was Club Walton, their little oh, right. tree house that they somehow come up with every year. Right. <laughs> but I I remember he he said, sorry, I gotta leave, and he left. And I I you know, I'm just kinda there and and you looked over and you went, Wow just n- nothing no you just said wow it's the conversation which told me that you were listening hmm. you were actively listening to the to the kids and allowing their competency to to come through
1: um well I'm, you remember glad, Kenneth? I'm glad that they said that because you know i mean any good reporter would do the same i mean no one is going to go in there and condescend or or not listen with as much attention as possible i don't think anyone is you know in this business who's good
0: well and and the thing i think that struck everybody was their work is so important to them so you weren't having conversations with them about the product or the fantastic conclusion or the outsized you know four story tall fire you were asking them about leadership and their approach and why they do this thing and so you were showing respect to the exercise which i think there was a depth of understanding to the thing that resonated with the students you were talking to
1: i'm glad to hear it and i mean i i legitimately was interested in how what they what they're thinking right right then you know in a big picture way, what are you thinking? But also, you know, what are you thinking right now? What's what's going through your mind as you're involved in this, you know, s- you know, this kind of intense thing, right? Yeah. I mean, fell- well, and this was no- one. What's that? Felling trees is no joke. I mean, you need to, you need you need to be paying attention, that was kind of always drilled oh, yeah. into the into the whole into the whole process. So. You know, but I, so I was interested in what is running, you know, what is running through their minds right now. And also, yeah, the big picture, why, why, the why kind of two genres of question when you're in a kind of situation where you're observing a thing, like an event happening.
0: Well, and, you know, there's all the different stages, like filling a tree is not, there's no joke, but then, oh, so you felled it. Oh, wait a minute. Now you're going to carry it. Yeah. And now you're gonna throw it onto the back of a truck, and then yeah. ultimately bring it to stack site. And this morning at sunrise, you came out to stack at sunrise, and there was Kenneth, who was a junior red pot at the time. Oh yeah. And I don't know if we discussed it, but bonfire sort of has an unwritten thing that junior red pots are, they're not media. Focus on your job. Don't focus on getting noticed.
1: Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah.
0: But you saw Kenneth and you're like, I have to talk to him. I don't care. I have to talk to him.
1: Yeah, I can't remember exactly. I guess you just kind of had an aura of uh, getting after it, you know?
0: Very intense. Kenneth was... And again, uh, maybe it's your your nose for the thing, but you were, you were drawn to people that it was like, it's not like I'm saying, Hey, here, here's Kenneth. i even going, don't talk to, you know, he's a junior red pot. And you're like, I don't care. I have to talk to him. Um, uh, You getting under the, the logs there again with, with Legner, uh, okay. but there, there's you and Frederick, this is center pole raising. So slightly this is at perimeter
1: off. Uh, okay. I remember that. I remember this. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I remember there was a bit of sweating because we were waiting on the truck, which didn't end up showing up till like 9 PM to dig the hole.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was at night.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I could only imagine what Frederick was going through going, Hey, I'm here for this kind of light. And you're telling me I'm going to get nighttime light. Uh but everybody was a trooper understanding that there's other things that have to happen. Um, and, uh, ultimately to the point of, uh, everybody who holds my flash now is max. Do you remember, do you remember me sending you this picture? Yes. November 23rd. Okay. So they were to the outside.
1: Yeah. Right. tier of stack it's like the last piece is that right
0: yeah the, these are the dress logs on the outside remembering the dress right. logs you carve the name of a crew or that's right or whatever into it yes and if it's the last year that a crew is in existence you know they're going to tear a dorm down or repurpose it or something uh-huh. you face it out so everybody can finally see the name of the dorm huh um Or if somebody passes away, you turn the name out so that you can see the name of the person. But every once in a while, on rare occasions, of course, every dorm has a dorm log that faces in. But on rare occasions, they'll carve a person's name and turn it in. And not knowing what the story was going to be. Uh-huh. Yes, of course. Not having any idea at all. I came out to Stack that night and they said, hey we decided to do this. We don't know what the story is going to be. We have no idea, but he treated us with respect and he got into it and he did everything that he said he was going to do. And, and so they carved your name into the log and stacked it and turned it in.
1: I had forgotten about it. Oh my God. But I certainly remember now an honor. Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and for your reputation, for the purposes of your reputation, this story was already out. They were just waiting to turn it on. Mm-hmm. So everything was completely written. So everybody knows on the up and up. This, it was everything was signed, sealed, and delivered. And the only thing was is nobody at Bonfire knew what was going to come of it. Yeah, but they were they were that impressed with how you did it.
1: It is an amazing thing. Yeah, right. They trusted me. I guess there was an amount of trust that, you know, in all reporting like this, you want to build trust with the people you're, you're asking them to tell your stories. And there's a certain, you know, responsibility that you you have when people uh, are open with you, I think. And I'm glad, I'm glad it worked both ways.
0: Well, and one of the last things you said, you know, I think it was shortly after you had submitted the article. And again, not having given me anything, I'm just like tell me something, just tell me if I need to pack my bags and move to Kuala Lumpur or something. <laughs> and, and you're like no, and and you said something to the effect of understand, like in this business, I'm my job is to use your stories mm. and and your experience. Your job is to use the fact that i'm telling stories we both have a job and i hope that when this is over we can still be friends <laughs> but you know and and uh i i respected that it was very transparent listen i have a job you have a job
1: and we'll see mm-hmm. I mean, it's, again there's no like predict. i mean sometimes i've written things which i thought I didn't really have, but someone would hate. You know, that you can never predict. You know, sometimes people hate things that you didn't think they would. Um, so, who, you know, who knows? Uh, but on the other hand, you're right. I think it's good for the reporter to be, you know, transparent. Like, look, uh, there is trust that you have, and you have due responsibility to the sources who are divulging. That you know, telling them they're telling you their stories. There's responsibility I have to get that. Down, but my ultimate responsibility, though, is—and I think I told you this—is to readers. So right, there's a high yep. responsibilities. Definitely have a responsibility to the people who are opening up to me and telling their stories. But my ultimate responsibility is to this kind of almost theoretical, but not—they they, they exist—but the people who are reading the story. Um, so I I have a, a responsibility to them to give them something. You know, it's kind of like this gift. You know, you have to there's a, a um an kind of significance there where the story wouldn't be good if I didn't have that kind of hierarchy I don't think yeah then then it's like and pop- it was propaganda otherwise or or uh you know uh, press related, you know um publicity, which you know everyone everyone knows the difference between a piece of publicity and a piece of you know, art or, and I don't want to get so, so fancified, but, um, you know, a piece of good journalism that, that is ha, only has you, the reader in mind. They don't, they're not trying to sell something to you. So the, yeah. the way that, that you can produce a good piece of writing is to, I think have that kind of hierarchy. No offense. And, and I, th- well, and I think, I think what,
0: no. And, and that's what, that's what I was, that last bit, it would have been, I probably would have gotten a few hours extra sleep 'Cause at this point it was just days before it published. I probably would have gotten a few hours extra sleep total if you'd have said, Here's here's the direction it's gonna go. Uh, but it was better that you had that honesty at the end that was like, Listen, I have a job, and this job is the reader, mm-hmm. and I've got and 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 the integrity of what I do as a craft and you might not like And you might not like what that turns into, but, you know, I I did the best I could and I respected my craft and it was just kind of like, so when it came out and I I went, this is honest and authentic and salt and pepper. I mean, there's, it's not one way. It's not fluff. It's not marketing. It's a story and it's authentic. Then it felt better. And I'm glad you didn't tell me
1: what it was going to (laughs) be. I kinda give you the hint. I gave you some indication though. Um with especially with the lead or setup as you say. Uh yeah. But now
0: and I think I've told you this before, but it's it's one thing for me or Griff or James Fuquay or anybody in the curlies who who trusted that you know the story was going to be told. Uh, to be happy with it uh, and to be proud to have been a part. It's one thing for a participant who was at that time. I mean, I'm going to see uh, Andrew Pekowski and, and Shane and Joseph and all them. I'm going to, I'm going to see them uh, tomorrow. Oh, wow. We're having sort of a, we're having a night, you know,
1: I wish I was there.
0: Yeah. You know, the night. So, um we're oh. we're, you know, oh, and they always ask, have you talked to Scott? Have have you seen Scott? And so it's one thing for all those people to be uh you know uh happy with the story and and, and triggered by it. But I and I think I've told you before, and I checked with one of the individuals yesterday, a young lady named Michaela, who was a chief a chair in Leggett Hall this last year. Okay. So this, this past season, she was a chair in Leggett Hall. Uh, so one of the crew leaders. And I, I said, Hey, I think I remember you telling me that you read this before you came to A&M. Oh, wow. And, and my memory was accurate. She had in fact come up to me at stack a couple years ago and said, Hey, I just made the connection, you know, Dion, the article, you know, She's like, I read that before I came to AM and that, that shaped like what I was going to do in college. Oh my God. And that happens more and more often as, you know, if that article came out 2014, eight years ago, you know, you're going to have kids now that were in middle school, yeah, high school when they were first looking at it. And so it's completely changed or shaped what people expect out of college. And I asked her, so now that you've been through it to the level you've been through it, how does it hold up? Is what you read, what you experienced? And she said, it holds up. All right.
1: Deal. It's all I can ask for. There's truth in it. There is. And facts, both and facts. Lots of facts. (laughs) So
0: I know you're a busy man. Uh, uh, what is it? ScottEden.net? ScottEden.com?
1: Net, oddly enough.
0: Dot net. Dot net. Um, I, yeah, I keep up with with what you're doing. Um, incredible, like crazy stuff.
1: Yeah. like I got one. Coming some out, of these. By the way, it's pretty wild. You got another one coming out? Pretty wild, yeah. So.
0: They're all wild. I heard somebody on a podcast talking about your story on gambling and the referees. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On a podcast. they And I was just like, I I wanted to. It's a podcast. I can't call them and be like,
1: hey, Hey. were they were they were this in a positive light or 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 not? It it was like it they
0: weren't even referencing it as hey let's talk about the article they were like hey did you know X Y Z it was in this article oh I see okay hm. yeah so it was you know it was informative it was information the the way you do um, but there's that there was the the mining mm-hmm. all of which to say you're you're on to something all the time so I appreciate you taking the time um, you've got some great stories and I appreciate it um and in the pantheon of Scott Eden's stories how, wh- where where is Bonfire for you I'm not asking you to rank it's not fair to everybody else hmm. um but what what was unique when you were done uh with this story
1: let me give that a think here Certainly the response was much more than i thought it would be maybe maybe i underestimated the size or the, the um the committedness of the aggie community you know like uh just how the resp- you know I, in fact you know i didn't know maybe the response would be you know negative but the i guess the just the sheer interest i think it got way more like web traffic than i could have expected i had no expectation it was that was, you know, a surprise. The um, but also uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever worked on a story where where it had both things. Like I think we've touched on this, but both emotional ends of the spectrum. You know, to such an, a, a a degree. You know, the sadness of the tragedy. I mean, and then just the fun of you know of those times participating in the construction of this thing um yeah i don't think i've, I've ever had such a dichotomy like that such so, such polar emotional sort of experiences
0: hey, you, you did a good job balancing the fact that you had these things at one point even at one point even saying it outright hmm. trying to balance these two things yeah um but uh you know we're we're all of us We're happy to have uh, spent time. Uh, Aggies who who didn't participate were happy that the story was told in the way that it was told. Um, Certainly, lots of rabbit holes we could go down, and I hope we can go down in the future. Um, Spoiler alert, your face walking into yell practice on one of your trips and the Aggie band marching into Kyle Field and and seeing that in the, the golden light of the night around Kyle field is seeing you turn around and go, there is, it is criminal that anybody should win a football game in this stadium. <laughs> anybody, but Texas A&M you're all these, Oh, so many things that you experienced, yell practice, football game.
1: Yeah. I mean, history, all, all of it. None of it got into the article, but it all informed the, the piece for sure. All of that kind of, yeah, you know, he's like, there's like these little micro traditions and part of the bigger, you know, the bigger one. And, you know, I went to Notre Dame th- that's definitely present there, but I don't think on the, on the level of an a you know, just all of the micro thing, you know, that all add up, I guess, to this sort of, to the, to the way that the people uh, kind of hold the place sacred. in in a way.
0: Well, I would, I would, I hope that we can explore that in the future. And, uh, uh, I hope this served as a fair introduction uh, to everyone with um, uh, one of the personalities, the many personalities that I've got to experience over the years of building Bonfire, uh, where I'd say primarily my job anymore is just meeting people and having met so many people in and around Bonfire. I hope I've done a fair job introducing um, Scott Eden. Um, You, uh, you are a part of that history you talk about, this living history of stories. I know that that was not your intent. Um, you remain uh, surprised by it. Um, mm-hmm. And and that makes it that much more meaningful. Uh, so thank you for, for what you've done. Thank you for taking time today. Um, and I, I sure hope we can catch up more in the future.
1: Good times. I got to have some of the barbecue. Is what I I need to get back down to Texas to your to your ranch and uh Yeah and and have some brisket. I, I'm hungry right now. So that
0: brisket and beef belly. Don't forget the beef oh. belly.
1: Oh wow. Yeah, that's that's interesting.
0: That's a whole other podcast.
1: Wow, I think so. We could go on. About-
0: <laughs> All right, Scott. Well I appreciate right. it. Um Thank you very much. Giggum Scott. We'll keep our eyes out for what's coming out next.
1: Please. Yeah. Very soon. Where? Uh, uh, Inc. Magazine. It's a, the business publication. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting um, spot for the piece. But, you know, it's about an entrepreneur. And hopefully, you know, people will read it. Outstanding. We will. Okay. Thank you, Scott. All right. Thank you, Dion. Are we like, are we like live? Is this live? Are we doing this live? Mm
0: -mm. I'm recording so I can edit everything out.
1: Okay, good. Make me sound dumber than I am.
0: Just, I'll just try to I edit up until the point that I'm like, forget it.